thanks for downloading the Brown Sauce podcast. It's just two brand friends answering the world's biggest questions. Brown Sauce. Brown Sauce. Brown Sauce. Hi guys, Brown Source Podcast, we are back for the special episode. So, um, a while ago, me and Kish, uh, it was actually supposed to be the second episode of the podcast. It was, yeah, wow. It was a long time ago, last summer, we, um, we met up and had a conversation about race and just like our own experiences and stuff, but then we couldn't really figure out, well, there was two things, we couldn't figure out how it would fit in with the rest of the podcast and also... It was a three-hour-long conversation, was, yeah. and um, <laughs> and I, for one, certainly didn't want to be editing that. I don't think you did, Kish. So definitely not. So I was thinking that we could, given the current climate, we could just like release a snippet. But I guess both of us have spoke about it since mm-hmm. and said we probably weren't happy with some of the things we said, or we wish we would have articulated ourselves better. Yeah, stuff like that. So instead of releasing that, which we might do in the future at some point. We thought we'd just have a little conversation about race now, in light of everything that's been going on. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. I'm the only person around. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know why I said it, as if like we hadn't already discussed it. Does that, does that, is that okay with you? It's like you're pitching it the first time. I know. So, where to start? So, there's. I guess we can't not talk about George Floyd. Yeah, very, uh, very topical at the moment. This seems to have triggered the um, the current wave of protests, etc., etc. And I guess it's got the conversation talking more so than um, what's the guy who that who got killed by those two? The man, the lad who was on the jog. So, oh, Ahmad Darbury. So he, yes, that was a few. Okay, so that was a while ago, but the, it all came to light. The video got released a few weeks ago. There's lots of protests already over that, but then this George Floyd video got released, and um, it all kicked off in a way that we've not seen before very true yeah globally it's actually it's it's mad it's good but it's mad um mm. so george floyd's um have you seen the video uh i've not seen the whole video i've seen parts of the video thoughts initial reaction well it was weird because obviously we when you, you mentioned this to me earlier today and um what i said then was i've not really obviously i was aware of the story i've seen the headlines but i've not been following it as much i'm on a bit of a news break at the moment yeah. Um, but obviously, as we were discussing this, I started looking into it a bit more and uh, watched bits of the video, read a couple of articles. Mm-hmm. And a little while ago, before we started recording, I was thinking about it, I was just reflecting on it and thought back to when I first obviously read the headline and heard what had happened. And my reaction was not one of shock, which shocks me now thinking about it consciously that it's not surprising to me anymore that this stuff happens, it still happens. Yeah. Seemingly nothing has changed. It's it's weird to feel it's almost the norm, even though it shouldn't be. If you get yeah. what I mean. No, I, I, I know, and especially in America, it seems like we're hearing stories all the time of yeah. people, of black people getting killed and there being no justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when I, when I first watched it, because it, it, like, similar to you, I'm not, I'm trying to like avoid the news at the moment. Well, no, well, not not trying to avoid, but like this all this news about lock, uh, 
coronavirus and everything, it's just getting a bit too much. Yeah. So I've just reading the news a lot less than I have been. So I actually saw the the video on Instagram, mm. and I didn't I didn't really read the caption. I just kind of scrolled, seen this video, and I didn't I didn't watch the whole video. I, I watched like thirty seconds. I was like, I can't watch this. This is mad because you could just see that he was like suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I didn't even know the story at that time. So I I seen that little clip and I was like, oh that's mad. But I didn't know the context. Didn't know who it was. Didn't know what had happened. It was only like a few days later I seen an article about it and I was like, oh flip neck like. He died. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. So then, to be honest, I haven't gone back and watched the full... It's eight minutes, I believe, the full video. Uh, yeah. I haven't gone back and watched it. It's just my... I think why I found it so sad is... Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess, like, for me, black men are, in my head, black men are, sh- like, strong, powerful figures. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, so like my dad, he was like the silent type. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And so, and so like in my idea of from growing up, my idea of a of a black man has been like strong, silent type, doesn't really show much emotion, whatever. And then you see this video of a black man who is um, crying for his mum. Yeah. His mum is dead. And he's crying for his mum. Because he's been well, he is. He's been abused by the police. It's mad. Yeah, it's mad. And then so yeah, so reading more about it, it's finding out that his mum was, his mum's dead. Finding out that flipping, it was all over because he used a fake twenty dollar bill. That's it's mad, isn't it? When you think about it, over something so small. Is that worth? Is that worth a man's life? Of course, it's not. Not at all. But but the thing is, that policeman, he knew he was getting recorded. He ain't bothered. Mm. He ain't bothered at all. He actually, no. he actually thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, that's scary, man. That is, I know that's the worrying thing. He thought he was in the right, kneeling on someone's neck, and they're crying out. They can't breathe. It's mad. It's actually mad. It's sick. It's sickening. Like I, I think, um, but the positives we can take. Well, well, there's no. I guess there's no positives in a in a man's eye. But the positives of the reaction is that those police officers got sacked straight away. Yeah. And um, now we know that one of them has been charged. I don't know if he'll get if he will, prosecuted, he will get prosecuted, but at least he's been charged. Um mm-hmm. and the reaction I think the reaction globally has just been of outrage. Yes. Deservedly so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I guess one thing I, I had three conversations points which I mentioned earlier. Shall we just go through those? Unless you had anything else to say on the video itself. I was trying to think. I had literally I I had a thought in my head then, and then the notification came up, and it just took the thought completely from my head. Um, so yeah, we'll just we'll just uh, we'll crack on with the the points. Sounds if you um if it comes back to you, just jump back in. Yeah, yeah. So I think the first thing is like, why do you think it has had the impact that it's had? I think I think the current global climate in terms of COVID has definitely got a part to play in that. People are generally frustrated at the moment, anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's gone, maybe an air of the the straw that broke the camel's back about it. Yeah. But it, it's it's sort of come back to I, the thoughts come back to me now. It wasn't actually based on the video, but it is more so on the global reaction. It's the fact that in my limited reading into it and everything, um, 
obviously this isn't the first time anything like this has happened. There's been countless number of, of things like this that have happened over the years. And nothing seems to have changed in terms of the American side. You know, it's it's the fact it's still continuing to happen means they've not learned that it's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. They've not educated themselves and learned their lessons. And even now, really, in the face of the whole world, the rest of the world crying out and saying, you've done wrong, you need to change. There's still not an equal appreciation of that message from everyone in America. Mm. And it's... I, I cannot, for the life of me, understand that. How you can, how you can, if you just, so we just look at Trump as the figurehead, ultimately. How he can feel so justified in his, in his words, in his actions, in his reactions, despite literally everybody else saying, you're wrong. Yeah. How can he not stop and think, oh, at least not think and consider that no, maybe I am wrong. He's just steadfast in his in his stance there. Yeah, and like like to be fair, he has said like it was bad or whatever. But then he made the, he was tweeting saying oh about the things when the loon starts the shooting starts and all this madness. Yeah. Is this guy crazy, mate? I I don't know how he's still in office. It doesn't make any sense. And when they remember when there was them um, them protests and the person got run over by it by one of the alt-right yeah like and he and he said oh there's bad people on both sides just come out and like condemn people who who are even but yeah people still make excuses for him mate it's it's unreal it literally just thinking about it and talking about it now and i, I can feel myself getting so worked up right now and it's it's not often i get like this what about you? Why why do you think the reaction has been so global? I I agree. With, I agree. Like I think it's it's a combination of because to be honest, I think lots of people have thought it was crazy anyway. What mm. goes on in America? It seems like we had stories every couple of months. Well, in this case, we had the Arbery case a few weeks. We don't know whether those guys who killed him whether they are going to get prosecuted or not. Yeah. And before that's even over, then there's this happening. And like I said, I think it's just because. The nature of the video, it was it was quite emotional, mm. and then that coupled with coronavirus lockdown, everyone's already like it's already a high tension case. Well, I said it's a high tension situation. Yeah, I think it just culminated in a global outrage. Yeah, and it's it suppose it's it's good in the sense that it's probably the most powerful reaction there could have been, and it. It's sad to say, but it probably wouldn't have been the same had it not been for COVID and the current situation. Yeah. So hopefully this can be a, a driver for, for change. Yeah, and I I do hope that change does happen. Because I hope that it isn't just people jumping on a bandwagon and people are actually for, for equality. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so personally for me, it's like, I know this stuff happens has happened has been happening more often than not, i've been like yeah i've i've known the story of what happened yeah but i've not really followed up to see reactions to see more detail of what's happened or followed up what's happened after yeah. the fact as well what's happened to those involved it's something i've realized now where i've started actually looking into this a bit more and seeing what's happening and taking more of an active interest it's something i i'm going to try and continue doing to sort of maintain 
my knowledge and educate myself on what's going on with the movement and and how, and what I can do to help more than anything. Yeah, and and to be fair, I think like I'm gonna hold my hands up and say like initially, a few years ago, Black Lives Matter in the UK, I was a bit skeptical. I hadn't really heard them actually doing anything positive. Maybe that's on my my part because I hadn't looked in to see what they were actually doing. But all I'd seen is oh, they'd done a few protests around the country. But it's like, yeah, but what are you actually doing? I don't know. I was I was a bit skeptical. But then it's easy to sit on your. It's easy to sit sit back and criticize people who are actually trying to do something when you're not doing anything yourself. And I'm guilty of that. And I, and I think most people probably are. They'll just they get given a, a an invitation or something, and they'll just look at it at face value, almost a very yeah. quick surface look, without looking into more detail, more depth to really figure out if it's something they do want to get behind. I think that's quite natural. I I guess that nicely segues onto my next point, which is basically the UK. So we so obviously these killings that we've heard about happening in America. I think a lot a lot of people in the UK have been like, yeah, we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement, thinking it only affects black people, African Americans um, in America, but it doesn't. So like racism, institutional racism is still a thing in the UK, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are always surprised when they hear, which is, it's fine because people, I mean, ignor- like people can't be blamed for their own ignorance. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if you don't know, you don't know. But once you become aware of your own ignorance, I think there is a duty to educate yourself. Yeah, you you lose the defense enough you don't know because you became aware of the fact and you failed to to follow up. It becomes more conscious then. Exactly. Yeah, so basically, racism, institutional racism, is it, ha- it happens in the UK, despite what people think. Let me read you a thing. Cool. This is from the UN, right? Um, last year, I believe. I've, I'm really bad because I actually don't know who, who it's talking about, who died. But it basically says, the deaths reinforce the experience of structural racism, over-policing, and criminalization of people of African descent and other minorities in the UK. I mean, that's the UN saying that there's over-policing, structural racism, and criminalization of black people in the UK and other minorities. That's quite deep. Mm. Basically, and I read something mad, which is crazy, of how many people have died in police custody in the last 30 years. 30 years? Actually, to be honest, I don't have that number. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> from, from 1990 to 2016... 1990 to 2016. So, what, died in police custody? So that means anyone who, was, who died when, basically when they were in, either when they had been arrested, or say if the police were pursuing them, or if the police had to take them down or whatever, or, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, so we're talking 16 years, maybe two, three thousand? I mean... That's quite a high guess. So it's 1,596. Okay. So that equates to... That's more than one a week. Whoa. So we... we here in this country think America's got a problem of because the police have guns. Mm. But people are still dying in police custody in the UK. And 30% are black. So of the people dying in the UK in police custody, thirty percent are black. Thirty. Yes. That's and black. That's mad. 
depending on how you measure it, black people make up either three to five percent of the population. Yeah, yeah. So, so to say to say we don't have an issue in this country is crazy. That is insane, actually. It's actually mad, isn't it? It's, wow. it's, it's just. I, I don't know what to say to that. There's not. I, there's not to say. It's just mad, isn't it? Yeah. It's like such a small portion of the population, but still heavily featured in that statistic. Yeah. And it, I think it is because we are the black black communities are have are over policed compared to white communities. Why do you think um, disproportionately more black people in the criminal justice system than white people? Think about it. All these middle class kids taking their cocaine, everything, taking their MDMA, loving it. Police aren't stopping them on the streets to search them. And then you've got all these black kids with a little bit of weed in their pocket. And getting, I'm not like, I'm not advocating drugs or saying any yeah. better than others. But I bet if, I bet if all the, the police sergeants' kids were getting searched as well, they'd be finding the drugs that they're carrying. Oh, for sure. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But they're not over policed. Yeah, it's true. Um, so there's another thing, yeah. So of incidents in, this is in 2017, 2018, I don't know how many incidents there is, but like of incidents where police officers had to use force, yeah, mm-hmm. 12% were used, 12% of these incidents involved a black person. So again, it doesn't make sense. No. If there's only 3% of the population. Yeah. How? Why is it so different? So it like it don't make sense. So dis so disproportionately over policed and more force is used on them. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And it's not just it's not just sorry. I'm I'm ranting. Right. This might be a little bit of a rant. I'm I'm not. It's not just a, the police system. It's an education system as well. Okay, yeah, it's a study done by Bristol University where basically it took over two years in countries. It was in schools across the country. They basically measured teachers like teachers' assessments of children and their actual exam grades in primary schools mm-hmm. to see the difference. So, and basically... A primary school? I didn't realise So it's primary school. Yeah, so it's primary school. So this is only little kids as yeah, well. Wow. So this is year six kids. And what I found was, basically, teachers are not great at predicting grades. <laughs> so, so in I, to be honest, I don't know what these, these points are in stats because, I mean, in stats because it's been a long time since I did my stats. But basically, so white students on average were graded 3.3 points lower than their actual grade by the teachers. Okay, yeah. Um, and then you've got black Caribbean students were 5.6 points below their their actual grade. And black African students were, six point, were graded 6.4 points below the actual grade by the teachers. So... The black African, the students of African descent, are almost two times likely, likely. Well, how to say this? Are likely to be twice as undermarked by their teachers yeah. as their actual grades would suggest. So, like, and I'm not saying all teachers are racist. They're not racist, but there's obviously, uh, there's obviously something, something there. Yeah. And like these, bias or whatever. An unconscious bias. You're correct. Because then it said. Um, children of Indian and Chinese descent were actually scored higher by the teachers 
And we all know there's a stereotype of Indian kids and Chinese being good at maths and scientists and all that. Yeah. So it's obviously those stereotypes of black kids being lazy, Asian kids being really clever. Just stereotypes. We no one's no one's actually racist. But it's sticking in people's heads. It's sticking yeah. in the teachers' heads when they come to assess those children. Those children who they've spent the whole year with and then somehow they manage to get it so wrong. Like obviously yeah, it's you, significant. You, it is significant, yeah. And it's, as you mentioned it, it you read it to me earlier. And the part I didn't realise then, which I do now, is that this is primary school. Primary school children as Mate, well. that is ridiculous. It's mad. And I think what what is quite worrying, I think, at the moment is Obviously, because of lockdown, people aren't doing exams. Mm. Everyone's getting based on their predicted grades. Yeah. Is that going to be detrimental to a whole generation of black kids who are getting disproportionately under undergraded? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it's weird because I, I, I can't even remember back when I was in primary school. Like, I can't remember what I was taught then or the exams or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to know the outcomes of a similar study conducted at sort of GCSE stage, A level stage, whatever. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think so. This is just at um, primary school. But then, if you look at so in secondary school, there's another mm. study, but done by Warwick University, yeah. which is basically looking at um, students who are like been expelled or excluded. Okay. Along those lines. Sorry, I forgot what I was going to read. <laughs> Sorry. Good. Oh yeah, here. Yeah. So, um, so this study. I mean, it, this study was done a while ago, about ten years ago. Okay. But basically, it said. Um, so this is done by Warwick University and DFES. I don't know who that is. Something about educational something. Um, black Caribbean pupils are three times more likely to be excluded from school than white pupils. When special educational needs were taken into account, black Caribbean pupils were still 2.6 times more likely to be excluded from school than white pupils. And then it says, the when you took into account um, their backgrounds, um, educational needs, attendance records, whether they got a criminal record, whether they didn't care, things like that. Yeah. black pupils were less likely to fit into these categories than the white pupils that had been excluded. So, I mean, these are only two studies, but these studies go to show that from school through to adulthood, black kids are getting discriminated against, in institutionally discriminated against in this society yeah. in the UK. In school, their academic attainment is being undervalued by their teachers. And the second study goes to suggest that they are they are punished more severely than their white counterparts. Yeah. And then when deal, in dealings with the police, it seems that the police are more heavy-handed and more likely to involve force when dealing with a black person over a white person. How is that fair? How, how is that not an issue that needs solving? It's, it's mad. It's crazy. Because, like, so the police stats you mentioned earlier, uh, yeah. do you remember when they were from? 
just like was it 17 18 16 17 something like that right? so so for the one with the police using force yeah that was 17 18 so that was just two years ago yeah and then the earliest one was the secondary school one which was 10 years ago you said mm. so you can almost use that as a timeline to show over those seven eight years assuming mm. the police one is the most recent study not the primary school one yeah um that there's been very, I suppose they're looking at different things and obviously different. Mm-hmm. You could see that not a lot has been done to combat no. those those biases. No, and and I think you could almost see it as those same children that were in this study would be along the same cohort of men that are well, not men, men and women. Yeah, subject to the heavy hand of the police. Subject to the heavy handers of the police, and tell me if society stacked against you, yeah, and people like to like to um frame black people well i don't know when black people talk about any issues of race they like to frame them as an angry black man or whatever Mm -hmm. but tell me how you wouldn't get angry how you wouldn't see the injustices which it's i think in this country we're quite good at do like doing it subtly so that it's not so overt as in america so like people so the vast majority of society can think everything's okay think that everyone's treated equally but they're not yeah so then when so when you when you react to that you're just labelled, or you're just an angry black man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can... I see how, obviously, if the system is so stacked against you from from the start, really, mm-hmm. and it's continual, how you can not get angry at that, surely. Yeah. Because it's... It happens from such an early age, which obviously you're not going to be conscious of at that stage. Not at all. Um... But as you get to secondary school and stuff like that, you you might start to notice it more, obviously, because you're going to be around other kids and stuff like that, and you might notice a certain type of people getting expelled a lot more than their counterparts. Obviously, you're going to be aware of what's happening around the school anyway. And it's the, I suppose, the repeat nature of that, that impact of that bias. Yeah, of course, it's going to make anybody angry. So, and there's also a thing that tracked, like, this is primary school kids again, which is sad. Um, kids, so coming in, coming into school, there was so the the educational board or agency that they were looking at. It said uh, they basically black kids children had the highest assessment scores of all the ethnic groups when they entered school at the age of five. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And in all of the local education agencies, the educational attainment of black students fell relative to the LEA average as they moved through the school system. So obviously there's, well, I'm not going to say obviously there's not issues at home, but if they're coming in at a higher standard than the other counterparts, and then somehow whilst they're in the educational system, they then drop to below the average. It doesn't make sense. No. Obviously there's something, there's something going wrong to the way they're being treated or I don't know. Yeah. There's something. Yeah, because like you said, there's going to be cases where the something outside of the school is forcing that. Be it yeah. tr- trouble to home, tragedy, etc. Stuff like that, which that's fine, but that's not going to be the majority. That's not going to impact that statistic. It's not going to be the norm, is it? So yeah, regardless of what you may think, institutional racism in the UK still exists and it needs to be fought against. How do we do that? I don't know. To be honest, I don't have the answers, mm-hmm. but there are people much more clever than me and 
much better organizing than me which we'll have some we will have some answers or we'll have some ideas of how we can combat the issue and i'm not saying that it's only it's only people of african descent or caribbean descent who who have issues in the uk there are lots of different groups that have issues but i think um when we see injustice when we see inequality we need to stand up for the marginalized mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's like i suppose the earlier study you mentioned where um there's like the primary school kids shows the the various biases involved obviously the the um black caribbean black african kids obviously getting uh, what's the word you know predicted lower predicted lower yeah yeah and obviously the the Asian kids getting predicted highest. It's the same thing ultimately. It's the same inequality. It's just mm-hmm. a different impact of it for sure. But it's the same biases driving those things, and they all need to be driven out ultimately. Yeah, and but like un- unconscious bias, it is a thing. We know it's a thing. Yeah, and I don't think it, people should people shouldn't beat themselves up about any unconscious bias that they may have. But what they should do is try and take steps towards not. If anything, just not acting on those biases. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, you remember a while back. So there's basically a study in um, Harvard University got this study, like in, in unconscious bias test, where you could, basically it's it's quite a good test actually. Just check it out if you've got time. Oh, another one, yeah. yeah. Where there's like different different um, groups, and you can basically you do this little test, and they'll tell you whether you've got a bias out of the way. And I remember we did that in work, and there was so you can do it like basically. The one that most of us are doing was between black people and white people, whether you have a bias. Mm-hmm. And lots of people in work were coming up as having a bias towards white people. Yeah. And to be honest, I was massively disappointed by their reactions. Because instead of being like, okay, I know I'm not a racist, but I'm, I might have this unconscious bias. Yeah. What can I do to deal with that? Instead of approaching it like that, they were just like, the test is stupid. It's stupid. I'm not racist. Yeah. It's just, it's a stupid test. It's like, no, you're unconscious bias. It's, it's unconscious. It doesn't mean that you're a racist. It just means that you naturally have an affinity towards one group over another. It's yeah. not, it's not your fault. It just, it's, it's, it's subconscious. So like, but once you're aware of that, you should try and act upon it instead of just disregarding it being like, no, it's stupid. I'm not racist. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I was, I was massively disappointed by people's reactions because that's what most people's reactions were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember now actually. And it was, yeah. And I suppose I didn't think about it at the time. That this is what people's reactions are, and that they they rather than just accept that okay, this is telling me something. They just try and write it off and sweep yeah. it in the rug and paper over the fact. And the, and the fact, like you said, it's not that they're racist. No, not at all. It's just that they do have mm-hmm. an unconscious bias, and it goes back to what we said early on in the episode is that it's one of those things where you're not going to blame anybody for the um ignorance ignorance that's the word because if you don't know someone you don't know exactly but at this point then they were made aware of it and their reaction was just to well no that's wrong that's not who i am i know who i am Mm. It's, it's just all in a sense of being presented with something contradictory to what you believe and your initial reaction is that's wrong, I'm right. 
okay. it's stupid rather than being or thinking objectively about it yeah. and just considering it more than anything yeah you can have that reaction after you've considered it yeah there's a difference but have that reaction off the bat is, is it's my, and i'm not saying that this 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 study is um foolproof or whatever yeah. but i'm not being funny the guys are uh, harvard university are a lot cleverer than i am anyway so i i'm gonna trust them but um just yeah it's just something to consider like i'm sure those mm. teachers who are grading the students aren't thinking that they're being racist oh well, they're not being racist it's just something it's a subconscious it's an unconscious bias yeah so when they're under undervaluing the academic attainment of black students it's not on purpose it's not because they're racist and they're like i don't like black kids it's mocking low it's not that but there's something unconscious there yeah yeah it's very true. so i don't know it's with i think that's definitely actually i'd highly recommend anyone to um go on harvard university i'm not sure what it's called but if you just google harvard university unconscious bias you'll find the tests there's loads of them religion sexuality all kinds it's actually mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Um. So far, so good for me. I've done quite a few of them, and in all of them, I've come out neutral. So it's like, yes. Ooh, I've only done the one. I did. So I, I did one which was like Christian and Muslim, and I came out neutral, which I was, I was quite surprised. Okay. I thought I'd have a, a slight bias towards Christianity, but I came out neutral. So it shows my Muslim brothers and sisters. Don't worry. I'm not going to discriminate again you here. Got back. Um. I did one blacks and whites. I came out neutral. Did one um, heterosexual and homosexual came on neutral? Um, can't remember. There was quite a few. So like, I mean, I'm a big advocate because I say I'm nice. I'm a man in the middle. <laughs> I'm a man of the people. <laughs> oh, it's uh, I've forgotten all about this test, but you reminded me, and it's uh, I'll probably I'm gonna do a yeah. couple more and see see where yeah, I stand. It is good. It is good. Um. So the, the last point, really, I wanted to talk is um, what people can do. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, like, to keep up this momentum, I think, yeah, educate yourselves. So like we said, if you're ignorant to something, that's fine. It's not your fault that you're ignorant to something. Once you become aware of your ignorance, it's then your responsibility to educate yourself. Yeah. So either, I'd say read. There's just lots of books out there. Do you know what I mean? Just read. If you don't know, if you don't know what books to read, just flip and ask someone. Like our friend, yeah. like one of our friends did this week. He yes. said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He said, "I feel like I'm a bit ignorant. Can you recommend some books for me to read?" And I was just like, in my head, I was like, "That's like the best reaction someone could have." Instead of just being like, "Oh, I don't understand," whatever. He's like, he's willing mm. to step out there, educate himself. I was like, "That's good." Yeah. I'm not, and to be fair, I'm probably not the best person to to. Maybe make recommendations to people because, I mean, I do like to read, but um, my reading list is a bit, it's a bit all over the place. But like, at least I was able to recommend some books, and um, yeah, and it's often that's all you need. It's just somewhere to start. Yeah, isn't it? And it'll drive itself a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think I, I think educate yourself, talk to people. So like, despite what you think, and this is not just a black black issue as well. Other ethnic minorities have a hard in this country. I know, like, on the surface, well, not have a hard. Like, to be honest, if I'm being honest, in general, my life is good. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Like, I don't feel the fact that I'm black, or should I say racialized as black? That's, that's my new thing now. Racialized as black. 
Okay. Because I'm not black. My dad's black. My mum's white. So I'm mixed. Yeah. I'm mixed, but society just chooses to racialize me as black. I stole that. Yeah. I stole that off a of caller. That's what he said in his book, and I was just like, "Yeah, that that's good." That because because I I sort of say I'm black, but it's like I'm I'm not really black. I'm black and white, but if society mm. chooses to see me as black, then okay, I'll just accept it. I'm black. I'm black. If if you don't want to accept me as as, because the black community will accept accept me as, as part of their community, the white community won't yeah. accept me as part of their community. Well, so it's like yeah. I'll go where I'm accepted. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because like even that's that, that's another thing. So like that that's a classic case of unconscious bias. Is why people who see me, they don't think I'm gonna exclude him because he's brown. They don't like they'll be sound with me. They'll even be my friends, yeah. whatever. But they will never see me as anything but black. It's like, but I'm not just black. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's it's weird. It's weird you say that because I suppose even think about myself and obviously when I first met you. Yeah, I obviously didn't know about your your mum being white, your dad being black. I made the same assumption, you know. And it wasn't until you mentioned it to me, it was like, oh, fair. Like, it wasn't anything surprising. It's just that I wouldn't have pegged it. But like to me, that like that baffles me because you can see that I'm quite clearly paler than a black person. But see, it's it's weird because so it's one of those things. And I don't know. It's like I don't know if it's just me. And part of my ignorance, or if it's just that black isn't always like super dark. Mm-hmm. There is there is tones to yeah, it, yeah. and I don't think you're f- so. <laughs> How do I say? I'm just gonna say yes, it. Eh? So I don't think you, your tone is so pale that it distorts from the range I have in my head of what would just be classed as black. Yeah. And and but that that's how society sees it as well, which is basically it's almost like it is like the one drop rule. If you if you got anything in you that's not white, mm. you're that thing. It's like it's like you've been tar- it's it's almost like it's almost as if you've been tarnished. And until we yeah. until we can't visibly see that you're not purely white, then you're not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. So like even Alice. So to me, Alice is super pale. When I, well, not to me, she's super pale. She is super pale. Um, when I met her, I thought she was white. I okay. I just assumed she was white. She looked to me, she looked white. And then when she said, "Oh, she's mixed race or whatever," well, I mean, it didn't make a difference. But I was just like, "Oh, okay." Um, that's weird. I wouldn't have thought that. But it seems weird now because, like, when when now thinking about it, it seems stupid to have thought that she was white. But um, but I just did. I didn't know her. I just seen her in the office, and I thought, "Yes, yeah, just." Which is white, but um, but then like people, <laughs> then there's people who are supposed to is like, oh yeah, Alice is black, 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 but she's <laughs> she, she's but like even like because so Alice is mixed race, but she was more she's more white than she is black. Yeah. So the fact that they would say she's black, even though she's more white than she's black, shows that it's just like, oh, because she's not fully white, we can't accept her. Yeah. That's white. It's crazy. Or, or, or at least, or at least, because she's not visibly fully white, we won't accept her as, as, um, as white. It's mad. But it's, thing, but mad, it's things, but yeah. things like that. It's just like that needs to change. Yeah. Mixed, for sure. mixed race is mixed race, bro. Like I, I did go through a phase where I was like, I'm proud to be mixed race. I'm both white and black. Yeah, man. But nah, if I'm not accepted by a group, why would I want to be? Why well, would you want to associate with them? Exactly. Be a part of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. That's reasonable. Yeah. 
So that's it. Um, oh yeah. So basically, there's this last thing I wanted to talk about. Is I hate this phrase. It, I think I feel like it's quite a modern phrase. Microaggressions. Okay. Have you heard of that phrase? Microaggressions. I have heard of microaggressions. Yeah. Mad phrase. Like whenever I've heard it, I'm just like, that's crazy. This world's gone mad. Yeah. But I'm gonna just use it. I. What I would describe microaggressions as, when we're talking about race, that is, is everyday racism. Don't follow. So, a microaggression, for example, one of my pet peeves, well, it's not one of my pet peeves, I know, especially black women, they have an issue with this. Because um, I used to have Afro, I had an issue with this. People coming up to you and touching your hair. Okay. So, <laughs> the act in itself is not overtly racist. But mm-hmm. the fact that you think it's so... The worst is the people who don't ask and just come up and touch your hair. That's mad. Oh, God, but yeah. even people asking, it's like, I am not a animal in a zoo. Why do you want to touch my hair? Just because it's different to yours. I don't look out. I don't look at other people and think, ooh, look at them, they've got nice straight blonde hair. I want to touch that to see what it feels like. What? <laughs> yes, I'm, that's true. <laughs> like, I'm not some kind of freak show that you go over and touch my hair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's an example of a microaggression where it's not like an overt racial racist act, but it, mm. it's there's something behind there's it. The, the thing behind it, yeah. So basically, Ooh. here's a little one on one of if you're behind this Black Lives Matter movement. I've seen lots of you posting your blackout pictures on their Instagram. Yeah. Here's some little day to day things you can do. Don't touch my hair. Don't touch other black people's hair. Don't even ask, unless they're like. Unless you're the, your partner or something, even if they're your friend, don't ask. It's it's weird. It's just weird. We're not animals. You don't need to pat our hair. You don't need to see see what it feels like. That's weird. Yeah. Um. Don't, don't. Um. What shall we say? How do I say this? Don't fetishize the black penis. Okay. There's always yeah. a thing. Oh, oh, black men have big penises. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know if I could take him. Blah blah blah. What are you on about? These are human beings you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? We're not just some kind of sexual objects. We're human beings. Yeah. You can't just talk to talk talk to us or talk about us like that. We are people with feelings. We're not just our bodies. Oh, because you're black, you've got a big penis. What? It's not. And people think, oh, it's okay. It's a compliment. What? Well, it's a compliment to be re- <laughs> to to re- to reduce to be reduced just to your penis. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a compliment. I've got a brain. Oh my I've got God. intellect. Do you know what I mean? So that's another thing. Black penis. Yeah. Unless unless you've got a black penis or you are in a relationship with someone with a black penis, it's got nothing to do with you. Don't talk about it. Over one. Right. The N-word. The N-word. So, like, there are lots of people. They're not racist. They're not going to say the N-word. Then they would never dream of calling someone the M-word. But, mm-hmm. then in the club, getting their groove yeah. on. Next thing you know, DJ drops Gold Digger. What happens? They drop the M-bomb. You've got a room full of people dropping the M-bomb. Joe, you know how many... Yep. Basically, every time that song comes on in a club, I go toilet. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. These white people shouting the, the N-word. I don't care if it's in a song. If a black man chooses to say it, that's his business, but it doesn't give you the
the right to repeat it. Yeah. Because there's so much history behind that word. It was used to describe people. Well, so they wanted slaves, which are seen as cat, as cattle, chattel, should I say? They were seen as cattle, yeah. less than human. They went. Mm-hmm. They went men. They were niggers. What? So that. So you're going from a word used to dehumanize people, so we can justify slavery, and you feel like you're that entitled that you have that you have to have the right to say it because it's in a song. Why do you even want to say it? Why do you want to repeat the word? Even me just saying it then, like it's horrible. I don't say it because I think it's a disgusting word that should not be used. Why? I don't understand why anyone who is not, well, I don't understand why black people say it personally. I don't get it, but. If yeah. they say it as bad by it's up to them. But I don't know why anyone who's not black would want to say it as if it's their oh it's, oh, it's just a song I want to say. Yeah, so it's just a song. There's lots of songs where you, you, I, well, I don't know about people, I sing along and I censor myself when I'm singing. Why can't you just do that with one word? Yeah. And it's, I suppose it's it, the most stark realisation of it is that these people wouldn't say it ordinarily. No. Yeah, that's the thing. So why why does it become acceptable? to say it because it's part of a song. It, it doesn't change the meaning of the word, no. the history of the word. None of that gets affected by no. it being put into a piece of uh, a piece of music. Yeah, I know. And there's people, there's people who I love and care about, and I know who, who, who love and care about me, who have said that word. And I've like, it's like, there's just a visceral reaction. And mm. it feels like your gut's being ripped out. Like, I don't think people understand. Like, I, I can't help it how I feel. It's just, it is a visceral reaction. It just happens. When I hear a white person say that word, honestly, it's horrible. And I just kind of have to like, and to be fair, I'm guilty of letting it slide because I don't want to, I don't want to cause an issue. I don't want to be seen as the angry black man uh, or just always making an issue out of things. So I just let it slide. If, If that song comes on in the club, I just pop outside or whatever. Don't even smoke. I just go in the smoking area. Yeah. Um. And it's, yeah. It's a thing. So, if you support the Black Lives Matter movement, even if you didn't post your little blackout picture yesterday, but if you think this is something I agree, all lives are created equal. Um, we shouldn't. There shouldn't be discrimination. Don't use that word. If it's in yeah. if it's in a song, censor yourself. If you're just among your mates and you're having a laugh, having a joke, don't say it. Even if you're copying what someone else has said, just censor yourself. Say the N word. Yeah. Say the N word. Everyone knows what you mean. That's true. Yeah, and it's it's the fact that they would ordinarily censor themselves. Yeah. So it's not even an alien concept to them. That's that's the strangest thing about it. You're used to not saying it. You're actively. It's not even actively. It it's become almost subconscious to, to in that extent that people won't say ordinarily. But they just instantly feel comfortable singing it. And that's actually mad. Actually, it, it is mad. It. it is mad. And I think my final thing is for people who want to support the movement, and you're just thinking everyday things. What can I do to adjust? my behavior is well so this is more of a societal thing 
well, not societal thing. It's a media. It's a, it's a very British media thing, whereby <clears throat> we like to present both sides of an argument. We like to, uh, like the BBC likes to appear unbiased and stuff. Yeah. But if someone's, if someone's attacked, say someone's been killed and they've got their family on the telly. They don't get the BBC. Don't get someone on the other side, like on the other side of the argument, like the murderer's family, to come and argue and say, "Oh, but it's not that bad." Uh, whatever they were in a fight, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't do that. So why is it whenever there's a big racial, when there's a racist incident or whatever, they always want to get one of these talking heads flipping. Yeah. What's her name? Katie Hopkins. She loves to like <laughs> argue crap. Why are you giving these people airspace if you're not racist? Yeah. Why are you letting racist people get on the telly for the sake of being unbiased? No, when something is wrong, and or e- I'm not even gonna say wrong. When something is evil, then why why even give it airtime? Give it airtime. you don't need to have yeah. a, ba- a don't need to have a balanced argument of oh this thing is evil it's wrong oh let's have someone who who agrees with it or is, who's going to try and downplay it no madness. Don't follow. That is, yeah, that is mad. Don't follow people like that. Like, why? Flipping. Ah, oh, it's mad. But anyway, I did have someone else to say. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I've, <laughs> I, I've just started ranting now. I'm sorry. Um, That's all right, man. But yeah, just just be sound. Just be sound. If you if you feel like you're ignorant about so, something, an issue, just ask. If you don't know any black people or whatever, hit us up on the social media. I can't say I'm going to speak on behalf of all black people or people of minorities. That's not my place. We are all different. We are all individuals. So that's another thing. Do not just place your understanding of a whole group of people on one individual. So if yeah. if one of your friends is okay with you saying the N-word, that's on them. But if someone else is if someone else is offended, they, they're not they're perfectly entitled. Yeah. They're not going to defend you because they why no because. No? They might not be offended, but someone else is offended. So just watch what you say. Even like racial, racial banter. It's like, yeah, that sounds. If you know the person and you've got that kind of relationship, don't do it in front of other people. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not for other people. Because other people who don't know them will think that's normal. That's okay, but it's not. It's because you've got a, a same kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And also, stop saying, "Oh, I'm colorblind." fine no it's not fine to be colorblind one you're not colorblind regardless of what you think you do you can't not see someone's of a certain race and then we've already talked about unconscious bias despite what you might think there's there might be some unconscious biases there um and also it's not a good thing to be colorblind what you should be is because to be for someone to say oh i'm colorblind i don't see race that's to say to me i take that as Oh, I choose to be ignorant about the fact that anyone that is not of my ethnicity has different experiences. Yeah. But the thing is, we do have different experiences. We do in society get treated differently. So by you saying you're colorblind, it's like, okay, that's good for you. You're colorblind. But I can't take this skin off and make sure everyone else treats me the same as you do because you're colorblind. That's not any use. Like it's it's just. And besides, I don't want you to be colorblind. I want you to acknowledge that we're different, but like ce- yeah. celebrate the differences. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the key, isn't it? For example, you, my friend, you're of Indian descent. I am. You have good food in your culture. 
It's, Thank it, you. it's worth it's worth celebrating. You have in your culture, you have good values. I've like we've talked a lot how how you are very family orientated, and you will mm-hmm. in your in your culture in general, you will look after like elder members of the family. Yeah. That's something to be admired. Why would I want to just ignore that and just be like, ah, oh, well, no, I'm, I'm colorblind. I'm... No, how about? Oh, that's interesting about your culture. Let me learn from that. Let me see how I can better myself from knowing about someone else's culture. Not just oh, I'm gonna. Um, we're all the same. We're not all the same. We're not all the same, but we are all equal. That's the thing. We're not the same, yes. but we're equal. Yeah. For differences aren't things to be afraid of or to ignore or anything like that. It's it's they're there to appreciate and learn. That's the thing. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've said my bit. I get off my soapbox. Um, do you want to add anything? In all, in all honesty, no. I feel like you you've covered everything, and I don't want to sort of wax lyrical. I don't want to dilute it or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I think I think the message is there, and it's for there for people to digest, and it's all that's needed. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, after this episode, don't worry, people. We will go back to normal. I'm not going to be um, I'm not going to be preachy anymore. Um, but if you do actually say that, if on in all honesty, if anyone does have any questions or comments, just hit us up on um, on Instagram. If you do want pointing in the direction of organisations, I mean, I don't I don't have them off the top of my head, but I can point you in the right direction. If you would like to read some books, that might just educate you on Black British. Um, experience then I've I certainly have some books that I would recommend so just hit me up and um, I can point you in the right direction I guess brown sauce bro brown sauce nice brown sauce shall we dedicate this episode to George Floyd yes well to, to everybody who's been oppressed yeah yeah everyone who has been oppressed nice thanks for listening nice one we'll catch you next time Brown sauce.